G'day there, welcome or welcome back to the show if this is not your first time listening, which hopefully it isn't. I'm Jess and this is episode 243 of the podcast. I don't know if you can hear, there's uh, some sort of bird convention happening outside my house (laughs) in one of the big trees right now, so you might hear that in the background, even though my doors and windows are all shut. (laughs) They're loud, loud birds here in Australia. Basically, you can see where dinosaurs turned into birds if you live in Australia it makes sense. Today I have a wonderful guest on the show Shireen Leung Schwartz who I have known for a number of years now because she is one of my students. She took my setup shop course a couple of years ago, launched her Etsy shop at the beginning of 2019, has now made over 800 sales in that Etsy shop and growing every single day and a huge part of her success has been her Instagram account and she's done an amazing job growing it's still only she doesn't have that many followers and she's a great example of someone who has grown very successfully from a small following but engaged her followers are super engaged with her and it's you know she's done an amazing job with her branding and her engagement and she puts in the work and it shows and it's really paid off for her and I know there's been a lot of talk around about oh Instagram you know (laughs) so few people seeing my stuff now is it really worth it can it still work for you yeah it can but you just have to do it in the right way and it has to be something you want to do and are willing to put the time in and you'll hear in this episode how much time Shireen does put into her Instagram because it is her main marketing channel and I did mention my um, course setup shop is open for registration right now I've been running this course since 2013 I update it every year I run it a couple of times a year and the goal of this course is to take you through 30 days intensive course will basically take you through all the steps you need to take in order to either set up or overhaul an online shop for your handmade goods no matter what platform you use I do talk a little bit about Etsy in there I do talk about um, WordPress and WooCommerce a bit but it doesn't really matter whatever platform you want to use whether it's your own website or a venue this this uh, course will help you no matter what and uh, Shireen does mention I think that in this episode you know the setup shop course was what really sort of made the difference for her and got her started and she's now fully self-employed which is super fantastic and uh, I won't spoil it exactly what she's doing apart from her shop because she does have a couple of things going on but yeah if you want to join us for that it starts October 5th head on over to creatinthrive.com forward slash setup shop and uh, you get an email a day for 30 days you get a couple of Facebook lives with me you get access to a private Facebook group for the course there's lots of stuff and it's super affordable this course is my flagship course it's the first course I ever developed under the create and thrive label I keep running it because it keeps helping people and I really created this course because when I became successful with Ethereal my jewelry business people kept asking me the same questions over and over and over again how did you do that how did you do this what happened there and I was like you know what somebody needs to teach this stuff and back then there wasn't anything and that's why I created set up shop and uh, it keeps helping makers to make that leap into having their own shop and I hope I can help you too the course is only 85 Australian dollars plus GST if you're an Australian resident which is about 62 US dollars right now so it's deliberately very very affordable and that's a conscious choice on my part I could charge a lot more for this course I've had many students tell me I should but I don't want to because the point of this course is to reach as many makers as possible and help as many people as possible especially now you know with COVID and everything that's been going on I've never been more thankful that I am self-employed that I have my own online business and that I'm able to weather the storm 
because of that and I really want to help as many other people as possible to create that freedom uh, financial freedom in their lives and freedom of having you know your own business nobody can sack you (laughs) you're online nobody's going to shut down your shop Uh, this year has taught us a lot of things and it's something that I'm really passionate about helping other people achieve so that's what this course is all about we do start on October the 5th that's Australian time so if you're in the US it's the day before October 4th and our registration closes the day before the course starts. So head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash set up shop. You can find out more and register for the course right now. All right, so let's get started with today's interview with Shireen. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full time in 2010. And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. All right, I'm here with Shireen. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jess. I think we're both very excited uh, to chat about today because we've known each other online for a few years and uh, I've been watching Shireen grow her handmade business since she started. But that wasn't your first business, was it? actually was. I, oh, really? Yeah, it was my first business ever. And I never would have ever dreamed that I would have a business at all, let alone two. So <laughs> <laughs> ah, I always thought that you're a chef business kind of started first and then your handmade business started. It was kind of simultaneous, honestly, right. because I was working in restaurants. My career was in restaurants. So I spent 10 mm-hmm. years working in them. And then some, you know, serendipitously found Create and Thrive Um, well, I don't know, I guess I'll back up a sec, but the knitting was a way for me to wind down after a long day at work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, late nights, weekends, I would work maybe 14 hours a day often, um, on my feet all day. So it was just like a really nice way to wind down and never really thought that I would have a business from it. So, yeah, that sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) it's like my story all over I think a lot of people's story you know we do our craft just as a a thing to relax and then somewhere somewhere along the line we get the broad idea to start a business from it Mm -hmm. (laughs) totally so do you do you remember that moment where you kind of made that decision or did it sort of creep up on you um well I would say it's a little bit of both because I started I taught myself to knit on YouTube Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, would make gifts for friends and gosh, looking back, they're just so awful. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, making gifts for friends and whatever. And the moment that really happened for me was I made a post on Instagram and I was new to Instagram in general. And the only Mm -hmm. reason why I had gotten one was because I was getting married that year. And I was like, oh, it'd be cool to do one of those hashtag things. Um, (laughs) So anyway, so I posted a picture of some beanies that I had made. And at this point, you know, my friends had multiple of them as gifts and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I got so much engagement on it from like my friends and stuff, like other friends, like, oh my gosh, are you selling these? Like, can I buy them? Da, da, da. And I was just like, uh, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, ca- very, very casually, it was like, oh, well, if you buy the yarn, I'll make you a hat, you know, kind of mm-hmm. started that way. And then somehow, I don't even remember honestly how I found Create and Thrive, but I found your podcast. And so this was in the fall and I basically, and this was while I was still at the restaurant working a lot. And I basically in all my free time, or at least, you know, while I was prepping or whatever, I'd have my headphones in and I'd binge listen to probably every single episode. (laughs) 
and kind of started getting my wheels turning where I was like, huh, this could be a thing. Mm. And at the time, it was still in my head, like, cool, like a cool side hustle. Like, let's, let's do a side hustle. You know, how fun would that be? Mm. Um, and that's kind of how it started. <laughs> and what year was this? This was the fall of 2017. Okay, so a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, I, I love that story. And it's, I think it's such a familiar story to so many people where we, yeah, we go through that phase of like, we make something, people start telling us it's good, can we buy it? And we're like, hmm, how do I sell it? And you sort of go down the rabbit hole and it all sort of goes from there. Um, so you, you kind of started thinking about it. You listened to the podcast, which is awesome. It makes me so happy to hear, <laughs> like to hear from people who the podcast has actually really helped them with their businesses. Um, and then you kind of what happened next with your work and the businesses? So then I, I think at the time I was starting to get a little burned out from Mm. my restaurant job. Um, the, the one I had, the most recent one I had, I was working a ton and it was one of those, I was the head chef at the time and you know, I never saw my husband. I never saw my friends. Um, and where I live, it's a resort community. So we have, we're a small mountain town year round, but you know, we have a ski hill or well, it's a big ski resort. (laughs) (laughs) So we have that in the winters and in the summer, it's all kinds of outdoor activities. And I realized I was like, what am I doing? Like, I can't enjoy any of this. And I'm working so hard for, and it was becoming a huge weight on me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, I mean, I don't know it, I still struggle sometimes with like the I guess guilt is maybe the closest word to feeling that way about my career. Cause that was, mm. you know, I still am very passionate about food. I loved cooking. I actually do miss aspects of working in the restaurant. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I decided to, after listening to the podcast all winter, I signed up for setup shop in March that's mm-hmm. following year. So March, 2018 and kind of at that point, with the wheels turning, I had also already started par- very, very part-time working on the farm that I would eventually work for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of simultaneous. So then yeah. I basically decided to leave the restaurant that spring. So about March, April, like right after set of shop. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I also started the farm job that same spring, helping to develop and start a culinary department where I would be teaching cooking classes and um, hosting farm to table lunches and things like that events at the farm and kind of starting that up. So Mm -hmm. it kind of felt like this new chapter in general. And Mm -hmm. I think with taking setup shop and having that planted in my head as well, I was like, huh, well between doing this farm stuff and then doing the side hustle, maybe I could actually have something going on there. <laughs> and so, you were right. <laughs> and I was right, I guess. Um, yeah, so I guess yeah, it's it, I guess it's a little chicken and the egg because my yeah. chef business started while I was at the farm basically. Um because I, you know, after working for a long time in a bunch of the rest not a bunch, but a few restaurants in town, I had some regulars that would just be like, "Shereen, like how are we going to find your food now?" Um, and at one point a couple was like hey we're having this dinner party like would you be willing to cook for us and I was just like sure that sounds really fun Um, (laughs) so I did that 
and then that's how that came about. And so after I took Setup Shop, actually, I had my Etsy shop open, but I ended up not even listing anything until the following year. So Mm -hmm. 2018 was kind of like a big transition year for me. (laughs) Yeah. Getting all the groundwork sorted out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so you kind of worked that year, you made a big shift in your life, moving from these crazy working hours to, you know, working in on the farm and sort of starting up these other side businesses. Did you find you were working just as much as you were previously or less or more? I would say yes, but in such a different way. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can totally, you know, you, you've experienced this too. All, most makers probably do experience this where you're like, I'm working, but I'm relaxed about it for the most Mm. part, or at least, you know, until it's busy season. (laughs) (laughs) And and if you plan right, that's the goal to not feel so stressed. Um, But yeah, I, I basically was still working a lot and, but it was fun. Like it was fun Mm. work and it felt like because I had control over my schedule in a way, it was like, it was so much more rewarding and I could say yes to things that I had wanted to say yes before, but couldn't or say no to things that I didn't (laughs) want to do that would take up some time too. So, yeah. So throughout this kind of transition period in 2008, were you posting to your Instagram at this time? You're like Smini Beanie Knits Instagram. Yeah. So, well, 2018. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes. So I, so 2017, after that first post on my personal Instagram, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start a knitting Instagram. Mm. So 2017, that same kind of overlap was when I started that account and started posting. I mean, I was very irregular with my posts and, um, you know, just kind of diving into figuring out Instagram at all because I was definitely late to the social media ball game mm-hmm. <laughs> in that <laughs> sense. Um, and then stumbled upon this incredible and just vast world of the knitters maker community on Instagram. And it was just, you know, I was very periphery for probably the first couple years. Mm-hmm. You know, like I followed some people that I really was inspired by and admired um and I was just kind of seeing people chat about like oh my maker bestie or oh my friend so-and-so and and blah 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 and I'm like how do you meet them like how do you get maker (laughs) friends you know um and so that was really cool but I was still periphery because I was still working you know a decent amount um but that was when I started posting so Mm -hmm. probably I don't know sporadically so when (laughs) when did you decide to take it seriously I want to say I started taking it seriously maybe the fall of 2018 because right. so, okay, like I said, I opened the Etsy shop, didn't do anything. And mm-hmm. I reached out to a local store in Steamboat. They're amazing. Actually, the owners are artists themselves and they curate um, a collection of handmade artisanal, you know, goods from mm-hmm. other artists and makers so I basically emailed them and I was like, hey, like I'm making hats. <laughs> Are you interested? Um, and they were like, yes, absolutely. So I brought in, so that fall, I brought in my first batch of hats. And I, you know, I think I brought in 25 or 30 hats. And I was like, cool, you know, hands clean. I'm set for the season. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a month later, 
<laughs> they were like, hey, we're, we only have a few left. Uh, could you bring some more? And I was just like, what? And so this would probably have been by now, October, November, leading up to the holidays. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. no, what am I doing? Because <laughs> I was still working at the time. But that really was my first foray into selling mm-hmm. the hats to people I didn't know before I sold online. Cool. So, yeah, so you got into kind of what made you get serious with Instagram? Was it just that you loved the community aspect of it or did you see the potential for marketing and branding? Um, gosh, that's a tough question. I, I think I started getting serious when I saw what it could be. Mm. So actually, maybe when I, when I actually started taking it seriously would have been this past fall. Mm-hmm. like seriously, seriously, um, where I was actually planning it out a little bit more. I got, you know, a, the plan app, which allows you to kind of toggle your posts around to look at what they might look like, um, you know, overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I got featured on a pretty major maker account. Like, and at the time I was still really, really tiny. I mean, I'm still not that big, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I got featured and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I, it felt like I had made it in some way, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I kind of started just getting better at it, I think, and gaining confidence in it just from playing around and like seeing what people liked. And and then I did start meeting people and, um, and I think it came from just engaging more mm. and reaching out more. And then, yeah, and I think that kind of mutual kind of connection with the community made me get more and more serious about it Mm -hmm. so what's at what stage did you kind of really dive into selling online was it sort of that same time that you started selling in the shop or a little bit later yeah so that first winter um I sold only in the shop I was like this is too much I can barely handle this (laughs) at all that would be like a make or fail for me I was like I was knitting like all waking hours like till two in the morning (laughs) just to make sure I had enough hats it was crazy and really dumb um (laughs) but we got through it so that January at at the end of January like after (laughs) I was like you know what I'm just gonna set a date and just say let it out into the world that I am officially putting listings in my Etsy shop Mm -hmm. um at the end of this month and I did so that would have been January 2019 and I started selling online then and I at that point also had written my first pattern so I kind of was like oh I'm going to launch this pattern and it's the first opening of my shop (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah that would be the first so with the whole patterns thing was there kind of did you sort of plan and think about oh I can make more money selling patterns in the long run than I can make selling uh, hats or was it just like Oh, I want it. I've made this pattern. Let's see what happens. Yep, the latter for sure. I was definitely <laughs> like, you know, I use this pattern all the time. I have it. So maybe I'll just put it out there and see what happens. And at that stage, I literally just wrote it up, made a PDF out of it, you know, slapped some photos on it and put it out there. Didn't even market it at all. I was just like, I'll just put it out there. And if people buy it, great. If they don't, it's no different than <laughs> what I had done before. <laughs> now, you know, year or two later, I'm like, I have an actual like pattern launch 
system that I do for myself and, um, mm-hmm. you know, have testers and all this stuff. But at that time, it was just like, you know, we'll just see if this even is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point in time, what sort of percentages are in your business is kind of like this much as I'm selling actual beanies and this much like I'm selling patterns, whether it's income or volume or, or whatever, like sort of what's the balance there nowadays? Nowadays, hmm, I guess it's, it, I'm not really positive yet because this was the first, this year, 2020 was actually the first year that I started being more serious about pattern designing mm-hmm. um, and actually having like a launch sequence and that kind of stuff. But my, you know, obviously with beanies, at least for me, I'm not really selling too much internationally yet, even though I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very seasonal still which is weird that surprisingly I've had a few sales like in the middle of July because <laughs> it's been <laughs> so hot. Um, not a lot. So right now I would say my revenue is coming from patterns, but then mm. in the winter, definitely, definitely um, my biggest income is from the actual physical products. Mm-hmm. And you, you pretty much just make beanies, don't you? you? I mean, I know at some stage you had like some scarves or some wraps or something in your shop, but was that, was that a deliberate decision or just the thing you liked making and so you just decided to make more of those? Um, I think I, well, my personally, I love beanies. Like I wear them all the time and I, you know, you need to here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I gravitate towards them. So I think I just like to make, and I like to make them too. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I did have a couple of scarves. I wasn't super, I mean, they were great, but they're not like something I'm very um, proud of. Per- I don't want to mm-hmm. say I'm not proud of it, but you know what I mean? Like I'm not <laughs> super pumped about them. <laughs> um, but I think I do want to have at least one or two scarf options in the shop, but you know, especially since I kind of model my own photos too. Mm. Um, I think I, like, I don't make headbands because I feel like I look silly in them. Um, <laughs> so I just stuck to the beanie thing. And I think, you know, I, uh, one of the big takeaways from, you know, listening to your podcast and some other podcasts was just like niching down. Yeah. And I do like a lot of different things. Like I like a lot of different colors and all kinds of stuff like that. So sticking to beanies was actually one way for me to focus a little bit more Mm. because even within beanies it's like oh my gosh now I have like x number of styles and each style has this number of color combinations (laughs) so it's already a lot within one little category yeah and I think that's brilliant like when I think of you I think of beanies and I think your logo is even a beanie isn't it um not quite but it is a yarn ball with um a mountain in the back and some yarn uh knitting yeah, it, makes, it's, it makes me think of beanies oh good that's <laughs> I, think, great. I think it's i think it's because the mountain shape is like reminiscent of the beanie shape oh, totally. so. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's association <laughs> yeah i think so i think so so that's really cool um so what's the balance would you say these days and i know it will fluctuate seasonally but between your beanie business and your other business so your your chefing business yeah I think right now it's actually been probably 50 50 um Mm -hmm. you know some weeks are more heavy on the cooking and some weeks are more you know I have less cooking so I spend more time with the knitting stuff and over the course of COVID Mm -hmm. um it's been a real you know a real test of time management for myself because this will also be the first year that I'm fully self-employed so I left the farm um, I had already intended on leaving the farm mid-March, 
-hmm. but I ended up obviously leaving closer to early March um, because of quarantine. So it was like a great excuse for me to dive in and to just go for it. And oh my gosh, I, it's, it's a very surreal feeling for me still that I'm actually doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully a good surreal feeling. Oh yes. Very good. It's it's been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So do you feel like your, um, sort of balance uh, with the time you're spending I know COVID would have influenced things as well but the time you're spending working um, are you getting out and enjoying where you live now a bit more definitely 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 Um, I've been trying to be intentional about not working on the weekends if Mm -hmm. possible Um, and to the point where even with cooking gigs and it's funny because obviously with restaurants nights and weekends are kind of the thing I've been turning down most of my weekend requests um, just to keep them open and able for me to enjoy life. And my husband Mm -hmm. basically isn't, you know, he works weekdays and has weekends off. So that's like a time for me to see him. Um, But yeah, I, I've been trying to be intentional about setting more structured work time and not work time. Um, and getting out and doing something every day. (laughs) It's a good feeling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So with, um, to get back to marketing a little bit, because I'm I'm curious about it from the outside, it looks like Instagram is kind of the thing that has helped you grow your business. Is that the reality or have there been other sort of elements of your marketing that have really had an impact? So for the knitting side, I think with Instagram, yes, that is definitely my number one source of marketing. Um, for the knitting. I also had, I started my email list. Um, must've been, I don't remember when I started, (laughs) but (laughs) it's been growing, which is exciting, but Mm -hmm. I do do that. I very, I'm actually really bad about, um, sending emails out. I only really remember to send them leading up to a launch, (laughs) which I know Mm -hmm. isn't ideal, but that's kind of nothing. Yeah. Better than nothing. Um, (laughs) I do use Pinterest a lot and my Pinterest has grown quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, actually, the shop that I was telling you about, they are still my biggest source for selling physical products mm-hmm. um, from a revenue standpoint. So, and I, you know, it's the maker's struggle, right? Because my, yeah. my Instagram account, most of my followers are other makers. Mm. And I think a lot of us struggle with this. And I was like, how can I reach my actual target audience of people buying the hats but but (laughs) I kind of also realized what I really loved and what drew me to Instagram and why I actually enjoy being on Instagram Mm -hmm. is making the connections Mm -hmm. and um, I've really enjoyed that and growing relationships that way and I think that slowly led to me wanting to do more pattern sales um, and then this workbook that I've just launched but um, yeah, so I've started to view it a little differently, more as a tool for connection. Right. So, okay, let's talk the uh, ebook. Uh, what made you decide to do that? Yeah. So at the start of COVID, I had a few friends who they started doing some Instagram lives, and mm-hmm. um, you know, one of them, a couple of them, asked me to be on their live, and I was like, okay, cool. And you know, they put like the little questions box. 
And a lot of the questions kept coming around saying, you know, how did you create your brand? Like, what is branding? Like, talk to us about branding, da da da. And I'm like, me? Like, you want to hear about branding from me? Um, and so both of these friends that hosted those lives, almost the entire conversation and all of the questions from um, people joining were about branding. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but when I took um, Setup Shop, the branding prompt, I was just so obsessed with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that I have no background in it in any way, shape or form. And when that opened my eyes to it, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so fascinating and I love it. Um, so I had been diving into it for a while before the live, but when the live happened, it was more like, wow, people actually are noticing this slash are asking me about this. Mm. So then I don't, I think I got the idea from those lives and I was like, maybe I should host a live. And so I've been hosting a live once a week since I want to say April. Um, where I host a maker and not all of them are most of it was probably 50, 50 half knitters, half um, other makers industries mm-hmm. kind of, I called it how I built my maker biz. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of that, it was just like, a, yeah, branding was just such a hot topic. And I was like, huh, maybe I should just write up some of these things and see what I can do. And then it just <laughs> became like this passion project and it just launched. So it's been months in the making at this point, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm not surprised that people focus on that with you because you have done an absolutely brilliant job oh, with your branding you. on Instagram. I mean, it really, you know, and I've noticed that for a long, long time. It really stands out. Um, your Instagram's at Smeedy Binny Nets, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, everybody needs to go look at Shireen's Instagram and you'll see immediately what I'm talking about. Oh. The, well, you've just like your colors, your landscapes, um, you know, the, the types of photos. It's all very coherent and very well branded and very appealing. Like, you know, I want, it always makes me want to be there. <laughs> like, oh, I want to be in the mountains. I want to be in the snow. I want to play with the puppy dog. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, you've done an excellent job with that. And uh, so I'm not surprised at all. And I've, you know, everybody listening, I've checked out the workbook. It's really, really great. Go check it out. Where can people find that, by the way? Um, so right now I have it on my website and on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a downloadable workbook. And I'm almost like calling it like a mini self-study because mm-hmm. it definitely walks you through step-by-step kind of how I created mine and questions I learned and asked myself Mm-hmm. from other resources but yeah <laughs> and i believe you have a special gift for listeners of the podcast related to your branding workbook as well yes so i wanted to do a 25% off coupon code for anyone who's interested in the workbook this code will work for both um, my website and my etsy shop and as of right now no expiration um, so my subscribers are all called the stay wild squad so for the coupon code it is the thriver squad which is t-h-r-i-v-e-r-s-q-u-a-d 
Thrivers Squad, people, you heard it first. If you want to check out Shireen's workbook, you can use that for a 25% discount on her workbook. Um, I will put that coupon code into the show notes of this episode as well, just in case you missed the spelling there. So if you head on over to createandthrive.com and just look for this episode, it will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. That's very generous of you uh, to give that to our listeners. Of course. This podcast has really started my whole journey. So. Awesome. So yeah, your branding game is very strong. And I think, you know, that's probably had a big impact on your growth of your Instagram, but I think also just your personality, like you're very warm and engaging on Instagram. How much time would you say you spend um, on Instagram or working on Instagram, maybe over the week, for example? Hmm. Over the week. Gosh, it probably varies because on launch, when I do launches, I definitely am on there way more than um other times mm-hmm. um but i would probably say i spend one very dedicated hour a day um and maybe it's split between two sections or something like mm-hmm. i'll maybe go in there and respond to stuff for a solid 30 minutes um and comment on other people's posts and like engage and then if i'm posting that day you know i definitely make sure i'm on to engage for the first at least 30 minutes after i post something mm-hmm. um so definitely one very very dedicated hour per day and then maybe from a bad habit <laughs> just <laughs> checking in I, there was one point during quarantine where i was very structured and i was planning my week very well and limiting myself super super well and then I just kind of fell off the rails recently but (laughs) but I also am enjoying it like I'm not feeling exhausted by it or like um you know but but uh, of course also just being intentional about not just mindlessly scrolling or anything Mm -hmm. like that but yes so it is work (laughs) yeah definitely yeah that's cool so what do you what would you say has been kind of the most challenging part of this business growing process that you've been through so far? Um, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier is marketing to my ideal customers. Mm. Um, And I think the reason why it's been the most challenging is because I really enjoy engaging with other makers. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's like, in my head, I know that I should try to reach out more and to f- target my, you know, content and everything more towards um, people buying that. But I really enjoy <laughs> this engaging thing. And like, even just, it, it just feels really awesome when someone's asking a question. And I'm one of those people that I may, I think I've always really enjoyed um, to some level teaching you know, going back to like when I was a teenager, I worked at a summer camp at a wild animal park and would teach kids about animals and conservation. And then, <laughs> you know, as a chef, you know, I had had relatively high positions in the kitchens and would be training. I was always the person that trained all the staff and really mm-hmm. enjoyed that aspect of my job. So now it's like when people ask me questions about the maker business, I'm like, I'm still pretty new at it myself, but I'm ha- more than happy to tell you what I've done, you know, is kind of where I'm at. You sound like me 10 years ago. Can we expect a podcast or a YouTube channel from you at some stage in the future? Oh my God, maybe. I mean, <laughs> if, this, if my little IG live series, I have been posting them onto YouTube, oh, but I have not edited them at all. It's just like, 
here's that live. Yeah. Watch it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. There is something so rewarding about teaching though, just seeing people, you know, and, and, and that's the process. And so it's so nice to have you on the show because I've been watching you, you know, since you took set up shop a few years ago and you've been in my membership site, the Thrive the Circle, and you've always been so help so super helpful to people. And it's been great to see your business develop and and, and flourish and thrive during that time. So yeah, it, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just that wonderful feeling of of seeing people have aha moments and actually solving a problem that will help them move forward. Yeah, totally. It's definitely rewarding. No, I mean I'm like maybe I'll be Jess someday. Yeah, maybe you'll surpass me. Isn't that the goal? No. The student needs to surpass the teacher. Well, we're different. We're different. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Everybody has their own special something. Yes, that's, that's so it. true. <laughs> so where do you see things going? Do you have kind of a, a plan that you, this is like your first year fully self-employed, you're obviously loving it. Do you have sort of a vision of, of where you want your businesses to go or are you just sort of enjoying the ride and seeing where it takes you? Um, I would say a little bit of both. Mm. Um, so I guess maybe a, a little backstory, my chef business for 2020 going into it, my year's goals was to not do anything. Mm-hmm. It was to say, if business comes to me, I will take jobs. If it doesn't, I'm going to throw all of my energy into my knitting business this year. And that was going into the year. Um, because last year I spent most of my year working on SEO for my chef website. Mm-hmm. So this year, I've been working really hard on growing the knitting side, and I would like to see more growth with my website um, and physical products because, like I said, right now it's all from – or not all, but a majority of it is from that store. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be awesome to have more growth on my website, and I think it's just going to take more time. This will be the first holiday season, though, with it, so we'll see what happens. Um, and I've been making some shifts to the business that I'm really excited about that I hope to continue and to hone in on even more in the years to come. But um, I am now almost exclusively doing, I'm phasing out my standard beanies and working only with luxury yarns basically. So mm-hmm. um, 100% ethically and sustainably, ethically and sustainably sourced wools, um, a lot of hand-dyed wools and all of the companies I'm working with, they're either fair trade companies or they ensure the ethical work conditions down the supply chain, like down to the flocks and how the sheep are treated and the working conditions. So mm-hmm. um, it just felt a lot more aligned with my brand and my passion for the outdoors um, and wanting to give back. So I do give back as well. I donate, I used to donate 5% of my profits to the National Park Foundation, which is basically the U.S.'s organization, um, nonprofit for the park system. Mm-hmm. But now, especially in light of all of the racial injustice and Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. I am now splitting my donations and I'm a Patreon for um, intersectional environmentalist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, you know, I want to almost include more of that type of thing, activism in some form into my business as well and just have a stronger stance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess this is a long-winded answer to your question. But <laughs> <laughs> but yes, down the road, 
being more known for something that's not just beanies, but with a pur- more of a purpose and more mm-hmm. of a mission and being known for that too. Something bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Working towards that. That's great. Okay, so I want to ask a few bits of advice for people. First of all, what's the biggest sort of branding tip you can give people? If, if they really need to work on one thing when it comes to their branding, what should it be? Yes, I would say be unapologetically yourself, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So, you know, one of the tips, and you can find some of this in the workbook, is I had you write down, you know, 10 things about yourself, whether it's like just a random quirk, something you enjoy, um, activities you like, um, things like that, 10 things, and then narrow it down to three that you feel like are very much you and kind of lean on that. Um, But be you, don't try to be anyone else and that will come through. I like that. Um, It always makes me think of my friend Amanda who runs um, the Bimble and Pimble. She, She does sewing and she has kind of a very clear couple of things about herself that come through on her Instagram, like, her, her puppy and um, she talks about, you know, her, her love of sewing. And so she there's kind of a, a few very specific parts of her personality that she shares and that everybody who knows her and follows her online would just instantly connect with her. And the same with you, you know, you have those elements of, you know, the, the outdoor lifestyle and um, things like that, that that are immediately like I think Shireen when you know that, that are you and so I think that's a really great tip because you don't just want to be you don't just want to blend into the background like be noise to people like if there's nothing that makes you stand out in any way like there's nothing specific that people can kind of connect with you about then you do people you know you tend to just sort of blur into the background and become another jeweler or another knitter or whatever so I think that's a great a great tip. (laughs) The next one is Instagram. So what's kind of the biggest bit of advice that you would give people who do want to grow and be more successful with their connections and with their marketing on Instagram? Yeah. And I think it kind of ties in with the previous question where if you're be yourself and be intentional about Instagram in general. So don't just slap a photo up there because you feel like you need to post. Like if I truly don't feel like posting, I just won't. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think people can tell like if you have a, and not saying you have to write long captions every time or even all the time or sometimes, even sometimes. Um, but, you know, it's telling stories. It's t- more than just selling your product. It's sharing stories so that you can connect and then also engaging so you know I think a huge growth for me was just engaging with other makers authentically too not just saying oh beautiful you know Mm, yeah (laughs) (laughs) or if I do say that like if I use a heart eyes emoji and say beautiful with an exclamation mark they know that it's I truly mean that it's not just you know I'm just going to run through all these you know posts and comment that same thing or something Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah so and then building those relationships and I think when you build them and sharing you know some people are so um they don't want to share much not and not saying you have to share about your private life but about your stuff like your products Mm -hmm. and your business you know um 
because then people, they want to know. And I think it allows them to see you as more of a real person. Um, yeah. And it comes yeah. back to those, you know, you said pick 10 things that are interesting about yourself, but then narrow it down to three. We'll narrow it down to the three that you're happy for anybody to know about you. Like there might be things about you that are, you know, a bit private. You don't want the whole world to know about, but there might be other, there's probably a couple of things that you're perfectly fine with anyone and any, anyone and everyone knowing about you. So that's what you need to focus on. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> It makes it easier too then to create content because yes. you're you're almost niching down your content at that point too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're just like, well, okay, there's these three quirks that I talk about. There's these, uh, you know, five types of posts I do, you know, on my Instagram. What combination of those am I going to do today? Rather than it being so open-ended that every single time you think about posting, you just freak out because it seems overwhelming and there's too many options. Choice paralysis is a yes. problem. <laughs> it is. It is. I remember that one analysis paralysis and the paradox yes. of choice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh, what's kind of one of the um the biggest resources apart from the create and thrive podcast do you have another resource you can recommend to makers that will help them um or that's helped you that you think would help them as well totally i have a few podcasts that i really enjoyed listening to one of them i think you know her actually because i've met her at one of the maker summits that you're a part of but it was danielle from meriwether council yes podcast so she has a very similar, I think, to you where it's like, you know, tips and things for makers and business. Um, I actually really love and admire Marie Forleo. Mm -hmm. And her, she has her YouTube channel. And it was also another one of those that I binge watched. <laughs> but, you know, it's a combination of business tips, but also just inspirational life stuff mm -hmm. and in a way that also helped with my branding because it kind of was very self-reflective as well like what is my why like what why do I want to do this like that type of thing mm -hmm. um and the gold digger podcast mm -hmm. um and she's more um, marketing and general business but yeah I would say well and then of course the business of making <laughs> my other podcast <laughs> yeah I was just listening to that today but um awesome. yeah and I have all the resources actually in the branding workbook too mm -hmm. but, that's yeah. fantastic thank you for the yeah. shout out in there by the way absolutely <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh, well did you by any chance bring a quote along today with you or do you have a favorite quote Oh gosh, I tried so hard to narrow this down. I will pick one, but I ha literally I'm looking at a list of six of them right now. <laughs> gosh, there's so many. But I'm trying to think of the best one to share that will make the most sense as a maker. I think I will go with your life doesn't have to make sense to anyone else as long as it makes sense to you. And I think... That's just I, I, anonymous. I don't know. I tried to figure out who the source was, but I couldn't find it. Um, but that really resonated with me because I think a lot of people are afraid to just start mm. or are held back by conventional thoughts of success or conventional paths that they feel like they have to take in life. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely difficult. And I definitely still struggle with it here and there that I have jumped off and done this totally radical thing or what feels like a totally radical <laughs> thing with my life and career. Um, and my journey has been interesting, but, um, but yeah, that. 
I like that very much. I totally, that totally resonates with me because um, I've been through that same thing. And I think a lot of people listening have been through that same transition going from a more traditional lifestyle and traditional work to this kind of wide open, slightly terrifying world of working for yourself. Um, and, and especially as a maker, because you, you know, you're responsible for every single part of the business. It's not like you're sort of selling someone else's products or something like that. It's like, nope, it's all down to you. Uh, and it's all up to you to make it work and figure out how it's going to work. But it is incredibly rewarding when you manage to figure it out. Yeah, totally. And it's like constantly a journey and fun. You know, it's ups and downs. I'm not going to pretend like it's happy sunshine rainbows every single day. <laughs> but the reward is so much greater. And it just feels so good to have that ownership. It really, really does. Shireen, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so Thanks. much for coming and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to be here. <laughs> It was an absolute joy to chat with Shireen today. I'm actually visiting her Instagram feed very soon. She does a series of lives with makers, kind of, you know, how I got started, how I built my business lives, and I'm actually joining her on her account. So if you want to check that out, you can find it probably via my account at Create and Thrive or just look for her Instagram at Knits, And that's also her website, so SmeenieBeanieKnits.com. Go check out her amazing products her amazing branding she's a great role model for doing a really wonderful job with your photography and with your branding and becoming successful thanks to that and if you hear this in time before uh, you join us for live it'd be awesome to see you there say hello and say you've <laughs> you're over here from create and thrive um, and of course if you want to join me for setup shop that is happening soon createandthrive.com forward slash setup shop if you want to start or overhaul or revamp your online shop for your handmade goods over 1,100 makers have taken this course and used it. It's actually more of a system uh, that you can kind of come back to over and over again. Once you've taken the course once, you can come back and work through it as many times as you want in the future for no additional cost. Uh, you can stay in the Facebook group and sort of take it over and over again. You can come back and do parts of it when you need to. So, you know, there's a lot of value there for a long time to come. So I hope you can join us for that. It's going to be super fun. It's always really great to see people you know making that leap forward and actually working through the course and coming out the other end with an amazing shop so hopefully i can help you do that too if that's something you need thanks so much for listening to the show i really appreciate your time and you being here and trusting me to help you out a huge shout out and thanks to all the members of the thriver circle who make this show possible because i don't run ads on it i do rely entirely on my students those who take setup shop those who are members of my membership community the thriver circle that's how i can afford to keep this podcast going is uh, through their support as well so thank you to all of you all of my students past and present and future that make this podcast free and available to everybody Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back again soon and bye for now.